welcome to the All Things Overlanding podcast. My name is Fletch, and I'll be your host. Are you ready for some great overlanding content? Then let's get into it. Hey everybody, Fletch from All Things Overlanding here. On today's episode of the podcast slash vlog, I wanted to talk about something that might be a little controversial. Um, my topic for today is not falling for the hype. So, you know, if you've been into overlanding for any period of time, you know that that term gets thrown around a lot. There's a lot of arguments about the definition of that uh, term. You know, like everyone is constantly talking about what is real overlanding, what isn't. And everything that you see out there is like the craziest, like, off-the-wall builds, you know, with V8 swaps and, you know, diff swaps and axle swaps and solid axle swaps and all that stuff, right? Um, and it can be really enticing, right? Like, I mean, I even, when I started looking at overlanding videos back in the day, before I even bought my Xterra, I was like, I want to move to Australia and I want to get a patrol, a Nissan patrol, and I want to do all this stuff and I want to spend 50 grand on this thing and I'm going to like change my whole life to go do this thing because that's how hyped I was about it, right? Obviously, that's not a realistic thing to do. It's not a realistic expectation, but it's easy to get kind of overwhelmed by the hype from, you know, Instagram influencers, if you will, or YouTube influencers. Um anybody right like I mean myself included like this is not a stab at anybody else I'm going to talk about myself here too like some of the stuff that I've done to my truck that I wouldn't recommend for most people right so not falling for the hype but also kind of how to like look at these these Instagram posts or these YouTube videos and how to kind of extrapolate from them ideas for yourself that work for your your outfitting the way that you want to do your rig the type of trips you want to take the budget that you've got whether you daily it or not right so there are a lot of ways to glean some good information from these types of videos, even if they are way over the top and they're fun to enjoy too. But I just wanted to kind of talk a little bit about the hype because I've been seeing a lot more about this. Like a lot of people want to do really super crazy builds or wanting to like really get into the nitty gritty of what the definition of overlanding is, um, even if they've never really been on a trip before. So I wanted to talk about that hype a little bit today. So we'll get into that. Um, before we get too deep though, I did just want to talk about a few of my friends slash partners. Overland Addict, great all-around overland online store and they have a physical location they actually just got a new location that is amazing looking um, in Missouri so definitely check him out through the link below uh, last US bags again another amazing American company uh, selling custom overlanding type bags like trash style trash cans tool rolls just pretty much anything bag related that you may want for your overlanding gear um, and then third more expo which we're getting really really close to here for 2021 so it's coming up but it is an annual uh, Midwestern overlanding expo. Uh, it takes place in Missouri as well, so near the Ozarks, which is awesome. Um, but so click through that link below to get your tickets, or, you know, if you're watching this after February 13th and 14th, 2021, then there may be tickets available for 2022. So come check it out next year. And then last but not least, Northology Adventures. Um, again, awesome free magazine. They actually just dropped one today, the day that I'm recording this episode. Uh, it looks amazing. I actually had an article in it, so... Humble brag, you know, go check out that magazine if you want to read my article about getting comfortable with overlanding. Um, so, but that's it. Without further ado, let's dive into not falling for the hype of overlanding. When 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. So let's start by talking about the hype, right? Like, what is the hype? So again, you know, I mentioned like Action 4-Wheel Drive. Uh, an amazing channel, right? Like, of all these channels I'm going to mention to you guys today, none of these are, I'm not saying this in a negative way, but I am saying, you know, these guys and gals have like, major sponsorship, right? They do this as a job, a lot of them. They are real like YouTube influencers, big wigs, people that, that make a difference in the overlanding world and, and have influence and sway to the point where they actually are receiving money enough to have a full-time job. Um, so, but when you're watching those people, right? Sometimes like I'm thinking of like a trail recon, such amazing rigs, right? And he has this, all these cool setups and this storage solutions and he's constantly like packing and unpacking and building stuff and putting stuff on his rig and you know he changed to a gladiator and there's just so many things happening right an expedition overland again another like huge one that actually has shows on like amazon or hulu whichever one i think it's amazon um on real like tv like they actually have their shows on real tv places um and it's really easy to like fall into those right like that's how i got into it was watching those really big huge channels and being like that's a lifestyle and I want in on all of it, right? Like I want to camp and I want to explore and I want to check out new food and I want to have a super sweet, huge lifted rig on 37s, you know, like I want all of that stuff. But again, that's hype, right? Like when you think about these things, when you think about like an Instagram uh, page that you follow and they have like these crazy trucks or SUVs or whatever, and they're just jaw dropping, right? Like you look at these things and you're like, that guy probably has more money in his suspension than I have in my entire rig with all my gear in it, you know? Um, that's what I mean by the hype, right? Is it's really hard. It's it's like a, a peer pressure kind of thing where you're looking around and you're like taking pictures. I'm taking pictures of my little Xterra over here, right? Especially a few years ago before I'd even really done much to it. It was stocked with like a high lift strapped to the roof rack with U-bolts and that was it. Um, but I, even back then, I, I you know, I, I'm sure I, I can't cognize, I can't like re actively remember it. But I'm sure that back then I was like, man, I really wish I had six inches of lift in 35s, you know? I really wish that I had lockers in the front and the rear. I, I really wish I had a custom drawer system, which now I've been fortunate enough to like scrape and save and, and work with a buddy and build my own. And, you know, but it was still cheap. But but it's still, it's like, I even feel that way about my stuff sometimes, right? Like if you're, if you're a, have a vehicle that's a daily driver and you sometimes need to like throw mulch in the back of your SUV or your truck, or you need to like get some boards from Lowe's or Home Depot or something, you know, like I can't do any of that anymore in my truck. And I knew that going in and I have a second vehicle that I drive more as a daily driver. And then my wife has a pilot, which is boring, but it's, it's long and it has room. So like I calculated all that stuff before I did it. Right. So for me, it made sense just in the regard that I really wanted that the truck to be a toy. I wanted it to be specifically for overlanding so that I could go on three, four, five, six, seven day trips and be outfitted to do that. Um, but again, even my stuff, right, is hype to some degree. If you are, again, driving this thing every day to and from work and you're carrying kids in the vehicle, like I have a seat out of the back of mine, it's slightly less practical now. I have to squeeze my kids together in this, you know, 60% of the back seat that's left. Um, 
So as much as I may love it and I may talk about it and be like, oh, this is really cool and look how much more room I have. Like if that doesn't work for your situation, don't buy into my hype, right? Don't buy into the other influencers hype. Um, so that's kind of what I wanted to start with, right? Is let's talk about hype a little bit. Um, and that can go for a lot of things, right? Like it could go for the setup of a vehicle. It could go for the type of vehicle. As you guys know, if you watch my channel or listen to my podcast, I'm a Nissan guy. Anytime you talk to me, if you meet me at a at a, an overlanding event and you're like, huh, I'm thinking about getting a, a Chevy uh, Colorado ZR2 or a Ford Ranger or a Nissan Frontier, like there's going to be bias. I can't help it. I love Nissans. I personally think they're superior vehicles. I think they're great vehicles. I think they're cost effective. They're cheaper than those other options. Like they've been around for longer. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're going to get, right? You're going to get that hype on Nissan from me. On other channels, you're going to get a hype on the, the Bronco. You're going to get hype on the Ram TRX, the Raptor. You know, you're going to get hype on all these different vehicles to the point where it could influence your decision. So you have to be kind of cognizant of that hype and be able to spot it when you see it and kind of take it with a grain of salt, right? Um, and that could go for gear too. Um, I'm a huge gearhead. I love... Well, I'm a gearhead in that I like working on vehicles, doing my own maintenance and like modifying my vehicles, but I'm also into gear, like purchasing gear. Um, I buy new stuff all the time. And generally when I buy it, I'm super excited about it. And I I, I will say that I, prob- I try really hard to make sure that my stuff is super honest and to the point. And like, if I get something and then later on, it's not as good as, as, as it was proclaimed to be, then I will like come back on and make another follow-up video and show you, right? Um, one example of that was uh, one of my videos that's done really well for Xterra people is the, the headlight, uh, Oxbeam LED headlight replacement. Um, and I did that and I put them in. And then I had a few people that were like, hey, I bought these lights because, you know, I watched your video and it doesn't fit. Like it doesn't fit in my truck. And I'm like, oh, crap what have I done? Right? Like two or three people hit me up and I'm like, Oh my God, I feel like crap. Like I feel so bad. But like, I'm, I was like, I have them in my truck. So I know they fit like what it, but it had been like two years ago that I had actually done the modification. So I'm like, I literally drove out into the woods, pulled my phone out to record a video and I took the whole thing apart <laughs> and I showed, I remember it as I was doing that, what I had done. And I had to modify the retaining clip to make them work. Um, which was easy little tiny piece of plastic that you just cut a little bit and then it fits right in there. Um, but again, like I had hyped it up, right? These headlights are great. They're so awesome. And, and they are. I'm not, I wasn't lying or anything, right? But inadvertently, I hadn't told everybody the entire story. And so people went out as a result of watching my video, buying my hype, if you will, and bought these headlights and then didn't know how to install them. So then I made a follow-up video, right? That said, hey, if you bought these headlights, here's how you modify the retaining clip. Quick, easy, six-minute video. Here's how you, you know, do what you need to do to make them fit. Here's the benefits of them. I recommend them, right? Um, But not everybody does that. There are a lot of folks, and this isn't a slide on anybody either, right? Like when you get into the really big influencers, right? Like that's their job, right? Like that's their job is to sell products. Um, And again, nothing wrong with that. Like in some ways, I'm really jealous of that. I, I mean, I would love at some point to like build a relationship, like partnerships, like with my current partners that I've already got. Like I love all those guys stuff. And I speak about their products all the time or their service all the time because they really do take great care of people. And I know if I ever had someone come to me and say, hey, you know, I bought something from Overland Attic and I didn't get it or it took too long or he was a jerk to me. Like I could call Chad up and be like, hey, buddy, like this is the person. This is what they said. What can we do to resolve this? Right. And he would take care of people. And that's why I partnered with these guys is because they're really good. But a lot of the times, you know, we'll get reached out to by and not myself so much, but these big guys will like get hit up by huge, huge companies, right? That sell thousand dollar, you know, multi thousand dollar rooftop tents. And they'll say, Hey, we'll give you this $4,500 rooftop tent. If you do a review, 
there's some implied pressure there, right? So they're gonna, there's gonna be some hype. And again, nothing against those guys and gals at all, right? Like that's just, that's their business, right? If they get a $4,500 tent, that's value to them. That's revenue in the door for them. So I understand it. But what I'm saying is just, you gotta take everything with a grain of salt, right? You've gotta see, do they ever say anything bad about it? Are there comments below that are unanswered where people are saying like, you know, hey, I bought it and it, all the screws fell out of it and now I can't use it? Or, you know, is, is, is it real, does it really have good reviews online or is this just one person saying this thing, right? Um, so there can be a lot of hype around gear. Um, there can be a lot of hype around vehicle, you know, modifications. Like in the Nissan world, particularly, everybody that I ever talk to pretty much says, hey, when are you going to solid axle swap your Xterra? Get rid of that independent front suspension junk. You know, when are you going to do it? Or, you know, when are you going to VK swap it? And for those of you that aren't Nissan people, there's the VK56 is the motor out of like the Titan, the Armada, the big 5.6 liter V8. It's a beefy monster engine and it's a popular swap. And you can do it fairly inexpensive. I mean, it's probably what, like seven to 10 grand, somewhere in that ballpark for a VK swap. And a Titan swap for basically a Titan swap is all the underpinnings from a Titan, right? So suspension, axles, all that stuff to give you a wider track and basically give you a bigger, like almost full size, you know, underpinnings under your Xterra. Um, but I will never do those things. And here's why there is hype around it. Right. And they're awesome. Like if I ever, if my Xterra ever died and I found one that was already done like that, I'd consider it. But my problem with that is in the world of overlanding, it's about like having that sort of stock reliability. So like for me, yeah, I put a little lift on it. Yeah. I put some bigger tires on it so I could overcome some bigger obstacles. I armored it up because I wanted to protect my transmission, my transfer case, my engine, right? Like I don't want to get damage on the trail and be stuck somewhere. But for the most part, like the engine is stuck. I put a can in, drop in filter in it. That's all I've done to the engine. Um, the transmission is bone stock. Never touched anything on that. Five-speed automatic that comes in those trucks. Great transmissions, bulletproof. I have 137,000 plus miles on the truck now. I've never touched anything in it except oil change. I probably need to do spark plugs. I haven't even done that. Um, so again, there is a lot of hype around going super crazy right like recently i've seen a ton of pictures of like awesome like fourth and fifth gen forerunners with like huge crazy lifts and solid axle swaps and like 40s on them or 37s on them and i'm like your first thought is you see that and you're like whoa that is meaty right like that's super aggressive i love that i'd love to like roll up to the meat you know in town the off-roader meat and be like check out my forerunner on 40s you know like yeah that sure that would be cool but when you're driving 12 hours away to go to West Virginia, like I did a few years ago, I don't want that. I don't want a fully swapped out custom, you know, transmission and axles and 40 inch MTs on that thing. That'd be awful, right? It's great for rock crawling. It's great if you live in Moab and you're five minutes away from it and you just want to go off-roading, sure. But for overlanding, again, I, in most cases you can get away with stock. So where I'm going with this is I'm not trying to dissuade you from modifying your vehicle. As you can see from mine, I love modifying my vehicle. That's half the fun. It's almost as much fun modifying my vehicle as it is going overlanding on overlanding trips, right? Um, but even when you watch my videos, like I've had a lot of people come up and be like, dude, your Xterra is so cool. And I'm like super self-deprecating about it. I'm like, oh, it's a piece of junk. You know, it's, it's just okay. And I do look at it sometimes when I take pictures of it. I'm like, that is really cool looking. Like I do, I have tried to make it cool looking, right? But not everything I've done has been smart. <laughs> not everything that I've done has been good. Like the bumper on the front with the solenoid turned up and then I had to cut a little hole in my plastic bumper liner. It looks like crap, right? I understand that. I know you guys are thinking it. I'm not mad about it. It was a bad decision. It is what it is, right? Um, 
But, like, there's just so much hype out there around this stuff. And, like, again, don't just... When you watch one of my videos, you watch a, a much bigger YouTuber, right? Somebody with a lot of influence that has all that super crazy... The Rotopaxes and all the super expensive stuff. The Claymore lights that are three or 400 bucks a piece. Like, all that stuff is super cool and you can get excited about it. But you still have to kind of keep in the back of the mind, your mind, what is your goal? What are your trips going to look like, right? Like, take the hype. Get excited about it. Bring it back down to reality and then think a little bit about like how you can make it your own and make yourself have like the benefits of those things, but without having to spend all that money or without having to fall for that hype and get a second, you know, home equity loan to pay for the mods to your vehicle. Um, so that kind of brings us into that, like the next sort of topic. So next, I want to talk a little bit about, so as we're kind of narrowing down there, and I kind of touched on it a little bit in that last section, getting caught up or hung up on the hype, right? So I've definitely gone this way. Like there's, you know, the tales of old blue. If you're an Xterra person, you know what I'm talking about. Uh, this Jacob guy has an amazing Xterra on like 35s, a big, huge lift. I think it's Titan swapped. I don't even know. Um, but it's beautiful. It's just a beautiful truck. He takes it off-road all the time. He does a bunch of cool adventures and stuff in it. X-Venture is another big Xterra that's lifted and looks amazing. Um, so even like looking at those guys, like I was like, hmm, how can I be that cool? How can I have a truck that's that cool? And now I have a solar panel on my hood, which I like, and I don't give a, you know, crap what anybody thinks about it. I definitely get some mixed reviews on it, and that's fine. You know, it's my thing, right? It's, it's, I actually did it because I enjoy it and I wanted to have that flexibility of the solar on my truck. And because I have a rooftop tent on the roof, I don't really have anywhere else to put it. Right. Um, but I, I first saw that, like, I would have never even thought of that if I hadn't seen a, an amazing, like super high quality picture of like the X venture rig with a solar panel on the roof or on the hood. And I was like, I could do that. You know, like it's easy to get hung up on that hype and to make decisions based on your excitement instead of based on what you should be doing, right? Like what makes fiscal responsibility, like what makes sense from a money standpoint, what makes sense from a daily driver standpoint or a usability of your vehicle standpoint. Um, so you have to kind of like not get too caught up in that excitement, that rep, like trying to like, trying to be like those people, right? Because the, again, there will always be people with more money. There will always be people with more time. There will always be people with sponsors or, you know, trust fund or there's always going to be somebody like you're never very seldom are you ever in especially in the car world ever going to have like the coolest vehicle of a specific model ever right like even if you built a v you know lamborghini v10 swapped xterra on 40s and did all this stuff to it somebody else is going to see that and get hyped about it and then they're going to you know sell one of daddy's yachts and they're going to go out and do something bigger right they're going to do a v12 swapped Xterra on 45s, right? Like that's, it's going to happen. It's just always going to happen. Um, so you got to watch that. You've got to think about it a lot. You've got to make sure that you're making decisions based on sound, you know, financial and goal-based uh, thought. Um, there is kind of a, a you know, like a, a wanting to keep up with the Joneses, if you will. And if you're not as old as me and you don't know what that phrase means, it just means like you have a neighbor that has nicer stuff than you. So you go out and buy nicer stuff. Um, there's definitely, there's so much, especially nowadays with social media, right? Like you can just, you have your phone with you all the time. Most of us are on our phone all the time. And I know I'm on Instagram and I have nothing but overland rigs all the time. There's this amazing Ford Ranger, I think it's called Nem Nemesis 5.0. Uh, he also has a Mustang or something. That's where the name comes from. But he has this like sweet brand new Ford Ranger. 
And he's like totally equipped this thing out. And I look at that and I go, man, that is so cool. But I also go, he's probably set 60 grand into that truck, 65 grand into that truck, you know? And like, I'm about 12 grand into my Xterra. And I feel like it's pretty rad for an Xterra, right? But it's just, it could get really easy for me to be like, I've only spent 12,000 on my Xterra. Like, what can we do next? Let's Titan swap it. Let's, you know, for 30 grand, I could have one of the baddest rigs on Instagram or one of the baddest rigs on YouTube, right? I could just blow it up. Um, But I have intentionally pulled back again because my real goal is overlanding, right? Like, that's really what I want to do. I want to go to the Upper Peninsula of Michigan. I want to be able to reliably make that trip and have the truck start up every single time and not have to worry about a starter getting misaligned and I can't start the vehicle or, you know, something going wrong. I've heard of a lot of guys that VK swap to put the 5.6 liter V8 in their Xterras. They have overheating problems and things like that because the, you know, the stock stuff isn't sufficient enough to keep it cool. Um, so like, it's just, you really have to think, right. And you have to try really hard not to get caught up in that hype and not to try to be the next, you know, trail recon or expedition overland, just because, you know, there's that like feeling that like, oh, I need to be cooler. I need to be, you know, like those guys, right? Um, and that sort of brings us to, to like the overlanding definition. And I've seen this a ton recently. Like there have been so many arguments on like the big Facebook groups around overlanding and stuff about like people trying to create their own definition of overlanding or people arguing about the definition of overlanding. And, you know, you've got multiple camps, but you've got the people that are like, None of us are overlanding, right? We're just car camping. Or you just go out one night and you have your totally equipped out rig that sits in a parking lot of Target most days of the week. And then you go out once every six months and you're none of us are overlanders. And you have the people that are like, like me, right? Like I'm kind of the like, look, if you try, if you get out there as much as you can, maybe that's two times a year. Maybe it's eight times a year. Maybe it's 20 times a year, right? I try to get out at least once or twice a month. Which still, if I get out twice a month, is only 24 trips a year. And most of those are overnighters, right? Like most of those are not multi-day trips. I might get one, maybe two multi-day trips. And a lot of times those are two or three days. They're not five days. They're not two weeks, right? I'm I'm not paid to be an overlander. So I take what I can get, right? Even if it's an overnighter. Um... But so getting caught up in that definition, again, that's kind of the same thing, right? There's all this hype around like, it's almost like Republican versus Democrat, right? Like you feel like you have to fall into one of those camps where you're like defending overlanding or like, you know, everybody's making fun of it and you feel like kind of a jerk because you feel like you're an overlander and you like that term or the other side where you're like, oh, these people are all a bunch of fakers, you know, like, again, I I think there are a ton of people that have way more experience than me. They've done a ton of trips. They've seen a bunch of cool stuff. They've sawed up a bunch more logs than I have that have fallen across the trail. They've used their winch 20 more times than I have. Um, And that's a thing, right? But here's the thing that makes me an overlander, right? I try to get out as much as I can. I am passionate about it. I enjoy it. Literally, like if it's Friday afternoon and I get done with meetings early and I'm like, hey, honey, could I run down to Hoosier National Forest for tonight and just camp and come back tomorrow morning? And she says, yes, I'm out the door, man. You know, like that's part of why I outfitted my rig like I did with the drawers and the rooftop tent is just so I'd be ready to go at any point because I'm not a professional overlander because I can't. Like if, if she told me Friday afternoon a year ago, oh, yeah, go. It'd take me two hours to like go through all my crates of stuff and find the right stuff that I need. I'd forget half the stuff I'd get there. I wouldn't have any like hot hands to keep me warm. I'd freeze to death in the winter. It'd be miserable, right? So because of my desire to go, I've outfitted my vehicle in a way that makes going easier and more repeatable. And that fits for me, right? But again, maybe you drive your vehicle 95% of the time and you go once every two or three months. 
but you love it when you go, right? And you go whenever you can. In my opinion, that's what makes you an overlander, right? But we're not even going to argue about that. Feel free to post up in the comments below if you disagree. But I mean, like, we don't have to keep defining it and we don't have to prove ourselves to anybody, right? Like, I, I don't care what these other people think. If everybody says, oh, you're not an overlander because you only go on overnighters most of the time. Okay, whatever, bro. Bye. I'm going to go camping then. See ya. Like, don't call it overlanding. I don't care. Um, I am dependent on my vehicle when I go out there and I go as much as I can. That's what makes me an overlander in my opinion. So don't get hung up on the terminology. Don't worry about these other people. There are a lot of opinions flying around. There's a lot of people that I feel like post something to be like fun or cool or to show off something that they did that they should show off. And then they either get decimated and destroyed or they get, you know, praised. And either way it can happen, right? And sometimes it's good and sometimes it's bad. But don't let people bring you down, man. Like, it's it's not that big of a deal. It's not that serious. It's not life or death. It's about having a good time and getting out and doing what you consider overlanding and just being passionate about it, right? So again, don't get hung up on the rep. Don't get hung up on trying to outdo anybody. Don't get hung up on the terminology. Don't get hung up on other people's opinions. Just go do it. So the last kind of thing that I wanted to talk about to wrap this up is how do you stay true, right? Like, how do you, how do you do what I just said, right? How do you ignore all these people? Cause it can be really hard. I mean, me personally, I take things really personal when I like, that's why I don't do sales anymore because I had times where like, I worked really hard at a sale back in my younger days when I was selling things and, uh, and I'd get crapped on at the end, right? Like they'd be like, no, I'm not, I'm bought this thing from this other person over here. And I'm like, dang it. And then like for like weeks, I was mad about it. And I'm just like, what did I do wrong? And it's all my fault. And I can't believe I lost that sale. And you know, it would have been 500 bucks that I would have made. And like, I just chewed myself up about it. And now that I'm older, like one, I, I could probably do sales again, because I don't care. I just don't care anymore. And, but the same goes with this stuff too. Like there are times when I post up a video that I'm really proud of, and I worked really hard on it. And no, I am not a professional videographer. And no, I'm not shooting on some like high dollar professional video camera. And no, I don't have like a $2,500 drone or anything like that, right? But I will work really hard at like the content and like the idea behind it. And I'll try my best with my little DJI Mavic Mini to like get some good drone shots. And I'll set up tripods and do like some B-roll and stuff, right? And I'll get done and I'm like, man, that was, that's so cool. I'm so proud of this video. And I'll post it up and I'll throw it on like Overlanding USA, the Facebook group, one of the larger ones. And I'll post it up and I'll, I'll, I go off Facebook. I just leave it for like 20, 30 minutes. And then I'll turn Facebook back on and it'll have two or three comments on it, right? And like, sometimes it's like, man, that was really cool. Great job. Or, oh, I've always wanted to go there. Cool. Or, wow, I like your Xterra. Sometimes they're like, man, you suck at video. <laughs> or, you know, man, that truck looks like crap. You know, like it's, you just never know. It's a, it's a crap shoot, right? Um, and again, that was part of what, it helped me back for years. I, I technically, if you look at my logo, it says uh, founded in 2016. And I came up with the idea for this channel in 2016 when I bought my Xterra. Like literally I bought my Xterra and I was like, I want to do a YouTube channel just because I see all these other guys and girls doing such cool trips and recording them. I want to like have them for my kids when they grow up. I want to just like document them. I want to share them with my friends. I want them to see this cool stuff that I'm seeing. And then I was like, God, but that means I have to be on camera. And that means that I have to put myself out there and people have to like... I have to take their opinions, right? Like all these opinions that people are going to give me online, they're going to tear me apart because I'm a goober, man. Like I'm a nerd. I get it. I don't care. Um, and that's where I've kind of come to over the last year and a half since I actually started making. So I've had the channel for four years, but I only really started trying like a year and a half ago. It was the first time I was ever in any of my videos. And 
I really thought I was going to get torn up, but thankfully you guys are actually really awesome. Like I've, I very seldom have anybody just come in and like chew me apart for no reason. For the most part, everybody's been really supportive. And, and so I appreciate that and I like that. But so bringing it back to the how to stay true thing, right, is it's just like anything. If you are confident in what you're doing, if you like it, if you enjoy it, not everybody else has to like it, right? That's what YouTube is for. Click off. Go find somebody else's video. If you're on Instagram and you don't like somebody's pictures or whatever, you think that they're, they're a sucky photographer, don't follow them. It's no problem. And if somebody does follow you or does, you know, kind of light you up in the comments, my approach to that is just to be polite. I'm just like, hey, man, I, you're entitled to your opinion. That's cool. I don't agree with you, but that's cool. Thanks for stopping by with your negative opinion, bro. Have a good day. Um, so don't buy into the hype, right? Stay true to yourself. Think about the same goes for your gear. The same goes for your vehicle. You don't have to buy into that hype, right? If, if you want an Xterra because you think they're cool and that fits your budget, do it. Like don't watch four other videos from somebody that, you know, has like a, a 50 grand fifth gen forerunner that's badass, right? And then go overextend yourself and get a giant loan and then when you crack it on a rock or smack a tree or something you're like crying for weeks because you've destroyed this investment you know and the same goes with xterra like i'm going to talk about xterras and how much i love them but if you'd rather have a ford ranger or a colorado zr2 like you do you right like go do whatever you want if it's in your budget if it makes more sense because it's newer and you don't have to worry about maintenance as much that's cool man just do whatever you want um so don't buy in to the hype. Take everything that you see with a grain of salt, right? Again, you can watch you can watch one of my videos where I'm talking about how much I love my Xterra and how I did this modification and that one and I put tools on my back hatch, right? Some people may hate that. Like it may suck for you. You may never ever need an ax or a shovel or a flashlight or the things that I put back there. So don't do it, right? Like take it with a grain of salt and be like, hmm, that's a good idea. I wonder if I have anything that would be useful for me to put back there and just take it and tweak it, make it your own. Same with the drawer system, right? Like you could do a half drawer system, still have all that room, put a, you know, leave your half your seat in. You could still put boards through it and stuff. You'd still throw some mulch back there if you needed to. Don't do a drawer system. Do a couple of like really nice cases or not really nice cases, depending on your budget. Um, so again, you can watch these videos. You can get excited about these things, but where I'm going with this, and I'm not trying to tell anyone what to do, but I'm, I'm basing this off my own experience. Like don't let yourself get sucked up in the hype where you'll do something that you shouldn't do and you know you shouldn't do it, right? Um, again, my videos, anybody's videos that you see. But so that was kind of the topic for today. I just wanted to talk through that because I see that stuff all the time. And again, I feel myself getting drawn into it constantly. Um, my WeBoost is a great example of that. I bought a $500 cell phone booster. And my honest review is I actually do really like it. And I do feel like, like, again, my goal is to try and get out as much as I can. So like I've worked from the woods before. <laughs> Like I've had like very few work calls for a day and I'll go out there and I can hook up my, you know, piggyback off my cell phone on my computer and I can get stuff done and I can take a lot of stuff offline and stuff and work on things when I'm, when I'm not quite on the grid. Um, so it was a good investment for me kind of, but honestly, like I'm really torn on whether I would recommend it for 500 bucks. Like it definitely makes a difference, but it's not, it's not like magic, right? Like the WeBoost is not like you turn it on and like you have perfect uh, cell phone reception and everything's great. Like I'm still dropping calls. Sometimes I tried to zoom once and I dropped like two times during a 20 minute call. So it's not perfect and it's not magical. Um, but it makes a difference, right? So again, if you were going to be in the woods a lot, if you were trying to do this full time and you had to have internet access to, you know, to do that, I like it because it helps me keep my streaming music. It keeps me connected to my maps and stuff like that. Places where I would lose it intermittently before now I have it all the time. Um, so it's more of just like a convenience thing. And like a, when I, when I want to work from the woods, I have that right. But 
for most people, I would honestly say, I kind of regret it, to be honest, for 500 bucks. Like if it was 250, yeah, all day long, totally worth it. 500 bucks is steep, in my opinion. Um, so anyways, that's just an example, right? But so don't get, I, and I will probably do a video on that. I haven't really done a video on my WeBoost yet, but I will probably do one at some point and I will talk about that and I'll be honest about it, right? Like I really like it. I don't know if it's worth 500 bucks, but it it's definitely helps if you need this kind of thing. Um, but so don't fall, there are a lot of people that won't. So just make sure that you take everything with a grain of salt. Think about your own build. Think about your own budget. Think about your own goals. Think about where you want to go, what kind of trips you want to take, whether you have to take a family, a dog, nobody, it's just you by yourself. All those things into account and don't get caught up in the hype. So I hope that was helpful for you guys. I hope that was interesting for you guys. I'd love to hear from you in the comments on the YouTube video. Post up down below and let me know your thoughts, right? Like if you bought into some hype, have you bought something that you shouldn't have and you regretted it? Have you bought something that, you know, seemed too expensive, but you're actually really glad you did because it, it was a great piece of gear and you used it for years, right? Um, so post up, let me know what you guys think. If you don't already, there are links in the description too to Facebook, Instagram, the podcast if you're on YouTube, YouTube if you're on the podcast. Um, Come and hang out wherever you guys like to hang out. I'd love to chat with you. Shoot me messages. I'm totally happy to do, you know, chat with any of you, help you with anything that I possibly can. Um, so thanks again for watching and we'll see you guys or talk to you guys next week. Take care.